When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James D. Deshaies at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 radio. The best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports talk radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Can't let this thing called love get away from you 
Doing fine. Uh, Kathy, how are you doing? Awesome, awesome. Happy Thursday to everyone. <laughs> well, Kathy, uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about how successful you were uh, this past weekend in terms of your uh, your outreach. Let me tell you. Now, um, it's when it started out, now you know the devil is busy, so he always going to try to send distractions your way. On our way to the airport from L.A., uh, heading to Flint, Flint, Michigan, a car blew up maybe two miles in front of us. So the freeway got packed out. So we had to merge off of the freeway, get to our plane, get on the plane, and go to uh, to get on the plane and get to our destination. Now, when we get to Flint, Michigan, the airline has sent my luggage to um, Spokane, Washington, so I didn't have luggage. So Delta was so kind to allow me um, money to go and buy clothing so for the weekend. So I went and got clothes. Um, the event started on that Saturday. I mean, when we got to Flint, it wasn't raining, but... Later on that evening, it started pouring down, raining. That morning, when we were getting ready to go to the event, it was pouring down, raining. But our mission was to complete our task, which was to take those shoes and give out that water. So when we got to the destination, the lady said, hey, uh, we're not going to go out in the parking lot. We're going to stay up against the wall. And uh, up against the wall, they had like canopies or something that would cover you from the rain. And she said, we're still going to have the event because I know that the kids are still going to come. So we were like, great, because that's the reason why we we came here. So uh, we began to set everything up. A couple of gentlemen came over to help us, you know, set the, the um the shoes up and the water up. And, um, hey, the event started at 11. It stopped raining about 12 o'clock. We were able to give out every pair of shoes and still had kids in the line wanting shoes, but we only brought a certain amount. But we were able to give out all the waters. Every family that came got two cases of water, and um, it was a success, and I was happy that we completed the task, even though the enemy tried to stop us on several occasions, it went forth. We did what we had to do. And thank you again, James, for your donation. Well, you know, I am, I'm willing to, to share my little dimes and nickels. And so it, it, it you know, I, I have to do what I have to do and don't be afraid uh, to ask if you are ever in need. And if I have, Whatever extra I have, I'll be more than willing to give. Uh, it is so important that we be willing to share with one another and do what it is required to do in order to help people uh, to uh, to know that there are people out there who care. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure our audience knows that, you know, we are always ready to assist people in uh, having the things that they need uh, in order to move forward. Uh, Kathy, what were they talking about in regards to, to the water? I mean, did you get a chance for, to talk to people about whether or not they're able to drink water right now, or do they 
Do you have to boil it, or what, what is their current situation? Well, they still can't drink the water. The water is still um, messed up. And um, most of the people that we talked to said that they go to different locations. So they still have churches and other organizations that give out water on certain days, and the water is still contaminated. And it's so hard to believe that our country is allowing uh, a city as large as Flint to still be going through this kind of situation. Uh, but, you know, we realize that there's a lot of chaos in Washington right now. And they're not, they don't seem to be able to deal with a lot of different things that, that they're dealing with or dealing with it in a, in a reasonable manner. Uh, it is just heartbreaking to hear about uh, nearly 3,000 people losing their lives in Puerto Rico. I went to uh, Puerto Rico a few years ago, four, three or four years ago, I think now. I'm not really even sure. And it is such a beautiful country, and they have so many things uh, uh, that people can enjoy. It's just heartbreaking uh, that those people seem to be going through that kind of situation. Um, it is interesting, though, that, you know, our government has seen fit uh, to not to give them the kind of support uh, that they've given others. Uh, but we all know it has to do with how people feel about the different people in regard to whether or not they want to give them uh, the support they need and they desire. Uh, I'm not sure why it seems that Puerto Rico is, being treated uh, as a stepchild nowadays, uh, but certainly uh, we need to do better. Uh, let me just ask you, Cheryl, what, is there anything specific going on that you'd like to talk about? You know, I, I have so many things to talk about, and sometimes I want to give you all an opportunity to share what's on your mind. Uh, I know that I sent out some things to you all related about we've had another shooting uh, that is just uh, horrific uh, between a Uber driver and another man who who just was a little bit out of control. And um, it's another one of those uh, stand-your-ground type situations. Uh, but is there anything going on in, in your area that uh, you find uh, particularly interesting or, or just want to reflect on uh, something that's going on in your life uh, that you'd like to talk about today? Um, I really can't think of anything. Um, I must not have gotten those um, that information. I didn't see anything um, about the Uber driver or any of that. Um, well, let me just so, tell you the whole story to you and Kathy because it's, it's getting crazy. I think our government here in, in Florida is going to have to find a way to to redo that law because it's right now, it just every couple of months, you're hearing about people doing things. Not that this Uber driver uh, is uh, in any any trouble. Uh, this man and his girlfriend was on again, off again, and they had this volatile relationship. And um, his girlfriend was at a bar and supposedly was too drunk to go drive home. And so she got in a Uber vehicle, and this guy happened to chase the wrong vehicle, and he was sending texts 
to his girl telling her that uh, he was going to beat up the Uber driver, who, which who didn't have anything to do with it. And uh, so the man pulled in front of the, the Uber driver, cutting him off and, and forcing him to stop. And he jumps out of his vehicle and he runs, uh, not runs, but aggressively goes back to to the Uber car driver. This driver happened to be somebody who has a concealed weapons permit. And uh, he see the man goes in his pocket. He's thinking it's a gun and it happens to be a cell phone. And he shot the man dead. And so, you know, this man, uh, as they've, they're thinking is, you know, they have the videotape. They feel like he brought it on himself by being so aggressive. And so the sheriff uh, is not is, is not filing any charges. And so, you know, we're just, uh, you know, it, it is just a crazy thing where we keep finding ourselves in Florida with this situation. And you have to ask yourself, um, People need to take a second look. At least when you point a gun at some uh, a person, they have a tendency to freeze and rethink their actions. Uh, but if you go ahead and shoot, then there's nothing uh, you, to be rethought. And so it, it just seems like here we are again uh, in the same situation. People having weapons are um, more likely to shoot then have a conversation. So, sure, we just, you know, we, you know, when we're dealing with humans and their their behaviors, uh, this God situation just puts everybody in a different world. Wow, I mean that that is something to lose your life over. You know, you're not they, thinking. And his, and his girlfriend wasn't even in that car because he followed the wrong Uber driver. Oh, no. Oh. And see, and that's, that's we we are so gun happy. And like you said, those that are carrying it, you know, and I'm not saying everybody, but we have a lot of people today that are carrying guns, and that's their first thought is to use the gun. It's not, and not only that, their first thought is to shoot to kill, not shoot to wound, but shoot to kill. My God. You know, um, mm, mm, mm. no, I, like I said, I didn't, um, I didn't even get that um, video um, to read or anything. I just, now, yeah, I couldn't, you know, we got so much that's going on in this gun, this, you know, this happiness with this gun. And you saying, you know, and a lot of times when they make the decision, they're only speculating what one person felt opposed to what another person felt because the person that's deceased can't speak for himself or him or herself any longer. So the person who is living I mean, and they're using this. You know, I feared my life. I feared my life, it, you know, that they were going to do this and they were going to do that. And it seems as though those words are getting people off. Uh, 
And it does not justify, but it seems as though that's what they're using to justify using um, a gun. Oh man, we—I mean, we just—we got to do better with the um, with that. And, and I have to tell you that that this this sheriff, he's he's saying he's not going to arrest this guy uh, because the guy cut him off, and all of this is on videotape, and mm. the audio of this guy rushing up and yelling at the man because of this girl. You know, um, Kathy, it is just amazing that. People keep getting themselves in this this trouble because of their volatile tempers, and that they don't, you, you know, when people, I have never, listen, I guess it's hard for people like me to understand because I've never been in a relationship where people become physical. You know, I try not to even become verbal abusive, but people are just too too easily getting into volatile situations and uh you know people need to come, learn how to calm down i don't know what it is uh but kathy we just seem to be a very violent society yes it's 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 the enemy james and his time is running up so he's going to take with him whomever he can take with him and however many he can take with him you know he's um running rapidly as the word of God says that he's going to and fro trying to see who he may devour. And that's what he's doing. So when you see these incidents of these people outraged and acting crazy and nobody can stop them or or calm them down from what it is that they're trying to do, that's the attack of the enemy and he has possessed those people. Yeah, it is. So, you know, I, um, I look at my daughter, and I just am thankful that she has never uh, experienced uh, any kind of violence. You know, I haven't experienced any kind of violence, and and I don't, you know, when people do things you don't like, uh, you just can't assume that the best way to handle those situations is to uh, just become irate. Uh, You know, we have to recognize that we have to stay in control and stay like Christ in there. And we know you just have never experienced. I know I've been only violence. I remember in, in, is in God is talking when he turned over the tables and, you know, you, I never heard any instances where he uh, laid hands on anybody in a violent way, even though he talks about, um, you know, don't, um, I guess there's a part where he talked about spanking is okay. Don't don't spare the rod. But people just seem to be just looking for an opportunity, Cheryl, to end people's lives. And it, it just seems so odd to me because I, I don't even like hurting animals. You know, I don't get any joy out of even shooting and killing an animal. And I just don't understand why people find it so, you know, a part of their lives. They want to go around beating people up or hurting people. Well, you know, I think and I believe that a lot of it comes from anger and separating emotions where they have blocked off anything that's remotely um, feelings. And because it takes a lot to me to take a person's life, 
I mean, you can't have the feelings, the compassion, the love, all of those things, you know, of a person who takes another person's life. And then on the flip side of it, you have a person who may seem like a loving person, a kind person, but all of a sudden, you know, that person can snap and find themselves doing something that they had never thought about doing before. And that's only in the moment thing. That's not something that's thought about and then carried out. This is strictly um, impulsively doing. So, um, but like I said, you know, those who do that have to block um, off emotions altogether, you know, because you can't see somebody loving somebody and then, and when I say love, I mean truly, truly loving somebody, not obsessed with the person, obsessed with what's going on or what happened in their relationship um, because that's a total together different. You know, people say, I love you, but to me is that I can tell by your actions toward me, not by your words that you tell me. So, um I believe that, you know, they have to be um, separate the emotions in order to um, to kill anybody. And, and Kathy, I, I uh, find it kind of crazy that people can live day in and day out in a world full of drama. You know what I mean? I, I it, it just burns my ears when I hear people cussing and fussing and, and and you wonder, how can you live every day going through those kind of changes and have a life of peace when your life is so filled with drama and looking for the opportunity to fly off the handle? You there, Kathy? I'm sorry. What did you say, Jan? I, I just, it's odd to me that people are able to live their days Full of such drama where they're constantly constantly cussing and fussing and looking uh, to be involved with a lot of drama. You know, when you see people, I guess I think, I just don't understand people being in a relationship where it would get that kind of volatile that your husband or wife would be looking for, looking, uh, and this guy happened to be outside of um, a bar watching his girlfriend inside the bar uh, and waiting for her. And I'm just saying, what, what, why would you want to be with somebody with their lives filled with that kind of drama? Well, uh, again, it goes back to, I just believe it goes back to um, the enemy and what he does to people and how he possesses people. Because I can remember a time, um, James, in my younger days when, I was a, a, a hell raiser too. That nobody could tell me nothing, and if you did something or said something to me, I was gonna try to jump all over and in your face and in your stuff. But I praise God today that He delivered me and changed me. And I know now today a lot of people that are still doing the exact same things that we were doing when we were younger. They have not been transformed, nor have they been trans, uh, 
nor have they accepted the, the Lord as their personal Savior. And it also has to do with maturity, too. When you get some people, because there are some old, still some old fools, some people mature. When you mature, you you want to see your life difference. You want to see um, uh, your life in a different place. So I believe that it has to do with maturity and your relationship with Christ or your relationship with somebody other than yourself. Because, again, I tell you, I see a lot of people that I used to hang out with, they still doing the same thing. But when they see me, they do respect me still because, I believe they think that, okay, Kathy is a Christian now, but I remember Kathy from back in the day, you know, but not saying that that would be do anything where I would, you know, do anything to them, but just to say that they know and they remember and they haven't changed and don't seem like they want to change. I have a hard time uh, looking at people and seeing what they're going through and they have no ability uh, to look at it themselves and understand uh, the darkness that they live in. You know, I mean, I um, you want to reach out to people and give them a hand up or give them some uh, vision of what it is they're doing to themselves. Uh, but the reality is that everybody's on this journey, and until you, op- you open your eyes to what it is that you you're seeing, uh, nobody can really help you. You're right, because if you can't admit to how you are to be able to see who you are, then you think that you're one way and people looking at you see you as being another way. And that's pretty much, you know, like what Kathy was saying, um, some people are just not mature you know, enough. And sometimes people can, um, people be in their 50s and 60s and still have not grown up and not have the maturity level. So uh, maturity and age does not mean a lot these days um, We because we look at older people being more mature. But we find that, we find today that that's not the case in every situation. So, um and like you said, some people have such a bad attitude chip on their shoulder, and they go out here for bad. You know, you can't tell them nothing. You know, don't look at them too hard, all of those things. So that still comes up with um, with training a child in a way that they may go. But, um, yeah. It's just truly heartbreaking. Uh, to recognize and see uh, that, you know, we have situations where our humanity seems to be in question, uh, where people are willing to pull these guns out and shoot down each other um, in the streets, uh, and, and nobody wants to be held accountable. A lot of times when you see these young people killing each other, they mad because they got caught and somehow believe that that uh, what they did uh, should they shouldn't be punished for. And uh, you know it's just odd to see like all this gun violence and the violence that's in Chicago and uh, the violence that is across our nation when young people are killing each other. 
there was a story that I found out about yesterday uh, the other day, and I was I was sympathetic toward this 25 year old and this 28 year old because um, they uh, were arrested for killing a mother and her son, and so I sought to find out why they felt it necessary to get their lives away. And what happened was uh, they were stealing from relatives of the of this mother and father, excuse me, his mother and her son, and the mother and son was going to report them from stealing from one of their elderly grandparents. Uh, I think it was the, the mother's father and the son's grandfather, and these people had literally been stealing money out of their accounts. And then you come to understand that you, and rather than go to jail for fraud or stealing, you're willing to kill somebody as though you, you can, you won't get caught. So now instead of spending time in jail, maybe five or ten years, now you may be, uh, maybe have to give you uh, your life for the death penalty. And so it seems like Kathy did. People have a don't have the ability to to understand fairness. You, when you do something that's wrong, uh, there's a chance that something wrong may happen to you. But somehow or another, they think they have the right to do these things to the point that if you uh, say you're going to turn me in, I'll kill you. There's a spirit of lawlessness in this land where people do not want to abide by the rules of the land. And like you said, they want to do whatever they want to do. And if they get caught, they want sympathy on themselves. But again, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of the dark world. And I know that I keep saying this same thing, but that's what the word of God is saying, and that is true. That the enemy is lurking each and every day trying to see who he may devour. That's why it's so important for parents to pray over their children, over their families, over their neighborhood, over whatever it is that you have. Pray for it. Pray for the people that they come around. Pray for the people that they're going to entertain because these people, I'm telling you, are being possessed by the enemy. And that is why that is so much stuff going on in this world, and these people act like they don't care, but it is because they are possessed by the enemy. And it doesn't matter how good they you are to them or how much you try to help them, they always going to feel like you um, are doing them wrong. And I have experienced that here in my home. I just... Uh, I went quiet for a little while, and I have to be honest, uh, because, you know, I know how you all, those of you who care about me, um, really want the best for me. And I sometimes, you know, uh, Cheryl, we talk about how people in one situation uh, may take more and go further than people in another situation, and we all have our calling. And so I had... uh, two people that I had to finally evict from my house. And um, it cost me over $700 last month uh, to evict these people from my house. And I could not believe this guy who had been in my house 
for four to five months without paying rent told me I was being nasty. I, you know, and and when I asked him, I said, listen, I need you to get out of my house as soon as possible. You know, he um, he didn't hear me. And when the police finally came, it was like he just didn't believe that I was finally going to get enough and I was going to have him evicted. And, the, you know, the people don't, aren't aware that the system is what it is. Once you initiate the system, you know, you can't stop it because you don't pay for some a certain thing to happen. And they're going to go through with whatever it is that you you initiated. And so I tried to explain to him. I said, you've been here four or five months and not given me a thin dime. Uh, you've been in there using the air conditioning and, and, the, and the lights and the water. So, you know, you've been paying rent. And now it's time to leave. And you're saying, well, can I have some more time? And you, And because you don't give them more time, Somehow you're the person who's at fault. And so 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 often people who are doing wrong things, Cheryl, still look at the person who's being decent and kind as the villain. Yeah, well, I don't know. To me, that's more of a person trying to get over because they know better than that. They know you can't live nowhere for free. They know the expenses that um, entails with having a house. So um, I just think that they just had that intentions on not paying um, and not being right by something that, you know, that you're doing. I mean, everybody need a place to stay. I mean, you need to pay your way and not take advantage of people. But you have that kind of spirit, too, and people where they feel like, they entitled to certain things, and um, where they get this from, I have no idea. But, you know, that is the case in some situations. So we have to, I guess, do whatever we can to help them to turn their thinking around, you know, and not say, well, I'm just, that's why I don't park over there. That's why I don't go over there. That's why I don't do, you know, and I'm just, when I say park and all of those things, that means, in the area of where, um, you know, the person is, and meaning not right. being in, you know, not specifically, you know, in your situation. Um, but, um, yeah, we have to actually do a whole lot better than um, what we're doing and not getting over thinking that or taking advantage of somebody that's really trying to, you know, help. And I know that has been your case and many of your situations, and, you know, and the good thing about it is you have not held one person um, for the actions of the next person, which is good because, you know, it wouldn't be fair to everyone. But, you know, at some point it do get a little bit tiresome and couldn't weigh you down and frustrating and can even cost you, which it has as well with you and your case. So, um, you know, I just hope that we as people can become better. And when we surround ourselves with people, people see that in us and want to change some of their ways. And just like Kathy said, you know, we got to pray for each other because God can change anything. God can change a person's heart 
you know, much easier than we can um, in the things that we do. And one of the things that I, I, I come to know is is that, you know, we have to be thankful about the people who raised us because there's some people who just don't have a clue uh, to how they behave. Uh, the, the young lady who I finally had to get evicted, uh, she came back maybe a couple of days ago. She had some things still in the house, and she came over here yelling and screaming and cussing. Why they got the door locked? Uh, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking because normal people lock their door. You know, you know, and that was the, one of the reasons why I had to get, get her out of my house because she would keep the door unlocked, and all kind of people were coming up and just opening my door and coming in. And thank God for the videotape that I had so that I knew what was going on in the front of my house. But they're just people who live a different way uh, than others. And since those two people have been gone, uh, they're, they're, it is so much more relaxing. Uh, the door is locked. Uh, the two people who are here now, we are, you know, you feel comfortable. Uh, my front door ain't, ain't like it's a nightclub at, at night. And then you have just this sense of, piece where you don't have to watch the camera all night to see what's going on. And so, Audrey, you know, it is just amazing that you have people live in different worlds, and sometimes when our worlds merge, we don't we don't understand how those people feel normal living like they're living. Well, tremendous stirs to everyone, and I came in a little late, but what I gathered so far is that um, you know, I've, I have found myself in a similar situation, and a very good friend of mine had told me to, you know, put the person out, and you don't have to, uh, you know, settle for this and settle for that. And I think what I found from that situation that we do have to continue to pray for each other because we do want to help people. But I do know that when we help for an extended period of time and that person is not necessarily pull, pulling their weight, we become enablers. And in order to help um, the way we are destined to do and where our hearts tell us to do, it may uh, be in, um, part of our plan and, and part of um, best practice, if you would, is that, you know, when you say, okay, I can help you. And, you know, if the person don't pay for the first month, well, come second month, we're not going to let it go to the third and fourth month. We've, we've done all part, but we have to help them to do their part because, like you say, everybody don't have the same intentions um, for good, and as long as they can continue to, from their perspective, get over. But in essence, you know, we, we as, as as Christians are never really taken advantage of to a point where the Lord can't deliver us from, but we have to learn from it. And um, that's my comment. And, Cassie, you know, we have to learn and understand that some people just don't have good work ethic. You know, I think about the fact that I worked two jobs uh, for a long part of my, of my life. I worked two jobs, one job for 15 years and another job for 30 and some people are able to be up all night and sleep all day as though the world owed them something. You know, and we look around the world and we see people who seemingly just not were just not born 
with a worse ethic that helps them to understand that you got to, you know, God said, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's what the word of God says. Hi, Andre. Um, yeah, hey, Jane, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> you said that there are a lot of people out there with wrongful worth ethics. But, you know, sometimes people can have a, a bad worth ethic but still be a good person and able to pay their bills and do everything on time. I think, you know, sometimes people just get in a situation and they don't know how to get out. Like those people that were at your home, they've probably been doing that before, you know, so that's their norm. That's what they do. So they, they continue to do the same thing everywhere that they go until, you know, hopefully one day, they will change or something may happen to them because everybody is not going to be nice and everybody is not going to go through the proper channels to have them removed. Some people do crazy things, you know. So, But thank God your patience and understanding and humility, you know, walk with them through that process. And thank God they're gone now. You guys can get some peace. And like you said, it, it feels much better. But, you know, it was the process, as Audrey was saying, you know, that um, about about how things happen. And as a believer, it, it's a process for us, and it's a learning uh, lesson. So what, what did you get at the thing would be, what did I get out of this, you know, how going forward, how would I – you know, do business differently because of what happened, you know? So everything is a uh, learning process. Of, yeah, part of the issue for me is is that I live in, um, and I hate to, to make say this wrong, but I live in a fairly large house, and I get confused. Uh, I don't know if it's 3,500 or 30, I think it's 3,500 or more square foot. Um, so I get confused because I'm not sure whether that is another zero on there or not. But anyway, it, it's fairly large. And because I live by myself, I just think it's just inconceivable uh, not to allow people to have an opportunity to have a decent place to stay uh, under different sets of circumstances. So that's my only thing because I used to, when I was in this house by myself, I go to room to room to room and sleep in uh, because I just could, you know, I didn't feel. It always felt like, well, I'm tired of this room. Let me go to this bedroom. I'm tired of this room. Let me go, you know. And so it, it, you know, now that I'm in the back in a private area in the back, it seems like I ought to share the front with somebody who deserves it. And over the years, it has worked fine. Uh, this was the first time I had ever been put in this disposition. Uh, but what is really unconceivable about it is that you know that 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 people really can take advantage of you and and not have a big you know not don't have no shame about it. Um, neither one of them had any shame about talking to the police about living here and not paying. Uh, one of them went it went down to the courthouse statement saying that he knew he owed me, but he was getting a job and he was gonna pay it back. As though that's okay, you know. People don't understand just because you get you a job doesn't mean you had a right to stay at people's house. But what I saw that was even, 
I guess it hurt my heart was that I didn't have control over my own property. It wasn't until that I went down there, uh, Cheryl, and gave this the this white guy some money that they could come and tell people to get out of my house, but I couldn't tell people to get out of my own house. Wow, isn't that something? Now, is that because you didn't have any paperwork in um, put in place? And if you had paperwork put in place, you would have had that right? Or if you had the paperwork, they still would have been the ones that had to um, tell to remove somebody from your house? Once once you take money or somebody receives in the state of Florida, once you take money or somebody um, receives mail in your house, you can no longer evict them. The only people who can evict them is the courts. And that, you know, that's amazing, but that's the law here yeah, in Florida. But, but if you have a contract in place, that'll sure make it easier to do it, James. Well, actually, the truth is, it wasn't hard after I went and paid what I paid. Uh, this is just to give you an idea what happened. I served, gave them a three-day notice. It doesn't matter if you have a contract or not. You have to give people a three-day notice. I gave them a three-day notice. But then I had to go register and file paperwork at the court saying that they had received a three-day notice and that the courts had to give them a summons. Once the court, the police officer came and gave them a summons, which they had to sign, they had another five days to go to the court and say why they why they had the right to stay. And it was not only that they had to say they, why they had the right to stay, they had to pay whatever back rent that was owed. So there were four steps. And if they did not complete either, if they didn't complete all four steps, then they would be in default and the property would go back to the owner. So normally that would take, it wouldn't take any more than about two weeks uh, to get them evicted from your house unless they were able to, to do those four things. Yeah, but, uh, but part of the process too, though, when they, uh, if without a contract, I can tell you what, you can become very creative as to why you need to stay there. But if you have that contract, then again, you have to go step by step. Which part of this contract is the owner of the property not adhering to to get you out? Right. But the way they were, because you didn't have a contract. They, you be thankful that they didn't become very creative as to why, because they had been there more than 90 days. Uh, you know, this was an agreement, a verbal agreement. You don't know what. It, it could have been very. Well, part of the issue. Thank God. Right, but part of the issue was that neither one of them, one of the criteria was that you had to pay all your back rent. And that was going to be, that was pretty difficult for anybody to do. Uh, because the money has to be put into the clerk of court's hand, and then they will determine who who gets the money. But if in a situation most people aren't able to pay all their back rent at one time, for well, so that is what normally puts them in default is because they don't have the money to put. You know, you can say that well he doesn't keep the house up. Well, you can't say that until you have all the rent there at one time because they. You have to have the rent paid at that time. And so the the judge ordered a default, uh, which took less than 15 days. 
And, um, you know, but it, it was amazing. Even after they got that time, uh, a couple of them were telling the police officer, well, I need time to get my stuff out. He said, you ain't got no time. <laughs> Your time is up. The judge has ordered. You got to be, you, you, once you leave this property, you're going to be, uh, if you gain interest to this property again, you're going to be uh, took, taken to jail for burglary. So you don't have no more time. And they were still saying, well, I just need to send it. Man, you ain't got no more time. The time is up. You know, so it's amazing how people can't keep asking as though they don't know that the judge, when you make me go to that judge, it is cut and dry. It ain't no, and it, you know, the law is what it is, and it ain't got no sympathy for you. You're you're absolutely right. The law is what it is, and it don't have any sympathy for you. But that day, the the judge had sympathy for you because, and the press, because what Audrey said. Because I know in the state of California that if you don't have a rental agreement or agreement specifying why this person is living with you and what happened, that person would have been able to stay with you as long as they wanted to until, even though they didn't have, the, even if they had did not have the money, until the judge felt that it was okay for them to move out or they could get money to move because it happened to a friend of ours. He allowed this lady to come and live with him. He, she said it was for six months. And she stayed over that six months, didn't pay him, went to court, told the judge that she didn't have the money that she thought she was going to get. She have her kids. She don't know what she's going to do. The judge allowed her to stay there another six months. <laughs> and wow. she hadn't paid a thing. She hadn't paid a thing. She changed the locks on the door on this man's house. She changed the locks. He had to go to the police have them to open the door to go get the deeds to his house and say that it was his house. They went back to court. Another time the judge gave her another six months and then she moved. But so I'm saying that because there's no paperwork, it's really, 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 really not good. So the next time going forth, you need to get some paperwork because the, it seems like squatters and people that come and live in your house have as much rights as you do. Right, and and you're absolutely um, correct because, and a lot of times when they have children, they don't want to put um, the children out, and that's one of the ways they plead their case. And especially just like you just said, you know, if you don't have paperwork specifying certain things, then it's just like they become, they have, um, start to have ownership of your property as well, you know, what they call squatter's right. And, I mean, they stay in there and you trying to put them out and they don't have to go because that's just verbally you said that they're going to pay you rent. But they say you just let them stay there. So, it's you know, if you don't have that concrete in writing, you know, then it can be your word against their word. And they may not have known as much you know, and went on and, you know, just got out. And just like you said, not be creative and um, to come up with something why they really could have stayed there. So I strongly, and I mean, you can get them online, you know, leases in um, 
can modify them um, based upon the situation, you know, how you see and how you want to run your home. But it's always good to have it in black and white signatures, you know, is is always good. And and you're right. Uh, and and you when Cassie and when you asked me what it has taught me, uh, I have never had to to do it before. But now I uh, I will uh, from now on. And uh, but it is just sad that you know you find yourselves in situations where there's just some people you're ill-equipped to help, and uh, that's because. Uh, they don't understand where they are. And the young lady who, who I had the event, uh, she really needs res- re- residential help. Uh, she needs to be put in a position where she's under certain rules uh, for an extended period of time so she can readjust herself uh, because she can't hold down a job because she wants to stay up all night and sleep all day. And uh, the young man was just somebody who, for whatever reason, he felt comfortable after he lost his job uh, just to feel like it, it wasn't no big rush to find another one. You understand? And so but James- uh, he would work enough to keep his phone on and to feed himself, but act as though he didn't have to pay for his shelter. And so... Um, yeah, but what we're saying, is- what we're saying, James, is... That though with a contract, it that's business. Now, if you're helping someone and you're not expecting payment, okay, no contract is involved. But if it's a contract, I mean, if it's you know the purpose is you know for housing and it, paying you income on it, it, that's a business. And and I think what maybe you also have learned is that even if you go in trying to help someone because of these situations. You have to put some parameters in place such that, you know, in case things move in a different direction than what was anticipated, that uh, you're protected because otherwise just just know that you're blessed because you could have found yourself in a completely different scenario. Well, i tell you another thing. i uh, uh, tell you a couple of things. You know, when you – I have an agreement – I have been given, I was given a large lump sum of money and I made an agreement with my team, my financial team, uh, that I only wanted a certain amount of money given to me and no matter, you know, and so that's what they give me. So I still am on what is called like a pension like, but I own the lump sum of money that I have. Um, But what it was feeling like when these people were living here, I was spending my money for their life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, every time the rent came paid, I had to pay it. Or well, the mortgage, not necessarily the mortgage and the lights. And the lights kept going up because there were more and more people here. More and more people taking baths. More and more people taking showers. More and more people uh, using electric. And so, as I saw this money, uh, these bills going up. I was a person responsible for those bills. And uh, I didn't want to have to call my team and say, look, I need an extra $500 because light bill is too high. Or, you know, I I need uh, extra money because I'm running out. I just did without uh, because I didn't want to use more of the funds that I had 
And uh, so I was living up against this wall because the cushion that was supposed to be created by their generating me income wasn't coming forth. And so it was just a terrible situation. And now uh, I feel so much more comfortable and I recognize uh, that there are a lot of things I need to do differently. And one of them is that I plan on when somebody gives me their rent for the month, the first month, I'm going to save that for the eviction money. <laughs> so so just like you say, after 30 days, you know, I, your eviction is already paid. It's paid with your first month's rent, you know, <laughs> because I am not going to keep using my retirement money to take care of grown people. And uh, it is just an awful feeling. It feel like you got a lot of grown children who think you owe them something. If I turn, you know, I have a, a system now where I can turn off the air condition. I can turn off, uh, I can lock the doors, and I can turn off certain lights. You know, I got this smart house thing I'm creating. Well, when I turn off the air condition, one of the persons who got evicted, he had the nerve to call me. Uh, you, you, did you turn down the the air? It's hot in here. And I'm thinking, you got a lot of nerve. You ain't paid for no air conditioning. <laughs> and then I, I turned off his, uh, his, um, he couldn't get on the internet. And he called me about that. Why can't I get on the internet? Because I changed the password. <laughs> and so it is just amazing, Andre. How people just think they you owe them something no matter what the situation is, uh, and that instead of being happy you got a roof over your head, you want all the amenities too. Audrey's gone, so I get at the you, Cassie. That uh, yeah, she dropped off. Like they wanted the amenities and a free place to stay. <laughs> yeah, because they don't care. It's not there. That the way they're looking at it. it's like this not my place. I'm here. I want to be able to go in the refrigerator. I want toilet paper to be in the bathroom. And when I take a shower, you need to have soap and everything. They have that I don't care attitude. And and because they were able to get over on you those many months, they still have that I don't care attitude. So what they're doing is they're taking their stuff, baggage, let's say baggage, because those are people with baggage, and they're going on to the next person, and they're going to do the same thing to somebody else. Again, until somebody else comes and checks them or give them a reality check, those are called what they call ratchetness. That's some ratchet stuff that they did, you know, for them to even call you and say why you turn off the air. You know why the air is off, or do your <laughs> elevator go to the top floor or not? <laughs> you so right And I was so glad That my air conditioning in the back Is, is controlled in a different way So I can cool my room Without cooling the whole house and, uh, and, and these people are nuts I could not believe When they found themselves in that situation They they had the nerve and the gall uh, Cheryl To ask me why the TV wasn't working And why the, the air conditioning Wasn't on yeah, you have people like that. I mean, you know, and if they felt like they got away with it one month, then they feel like they can continue to get away with it. You know, another thing I wanted to say, too, even though people who, even if you had somebody who didn't pay, I still believe that you should have some kind of written agreement, you know, between the two of you, um, 
simply, you know, because if you put a time frame on it or whatever you do, um, it's just always to keep yourself covered, you know, and, and with that, learn the laws and ask about different scenarios. Um, and that would have been a perfect time when all of this was going on, you know, uh, because it may be somebody you let allow them to stay there for free for maybe two or three months. Um, it may be just a transitional period where they're not able to to get money or they just got a job and you're allowing them to kind of build up something. But put that on paper as well because, you know, what they're going to say is, well, you let me stay here. And you're going to say, yeah, but until started making money, the agreement was three months. So that's why it's always, you know, even when we're trying to do some of the simplest things, we got to handle it in a business manner. Although um, you may be personal with it, but you got to cover your business, especially when you have something to lose, you know. And, I mean, in this case, it began to drain you. So, you know, hopefully, and like you said, it taught you some things, which is very good because, you know, you don't want it to continue to happen over and over. But I I believe in any situation when it comes to your house because if you say, well, you can stay here for a little while and then they can eventually say, well, he told me I can stay here. Why I have to move? You know, people <laughs> will change on yeah. you in a heartbeat. So always started off with, you know, um, this has simply been advised to me, you know, by my legal team of people that I have um, to I have to cover myself. And I don't want them coming down on me if I don't have me covered because then that makes more work for them and, you know, whatever else that goes along with it. But I say in any situation where um, – you of having somebody in your house, I believe that because you know you don't want a situation to come where now you got to pay somebody, meaning that they gonna own half of your house, and now you got to pay them half of what your house is worth for them to get out your house. You don't want that to come about, and um, that's why you know I always say we got to always cover ourselves. Yeah, it, it has come to the point where now I have a lease agreement uh, and they have to pay $30 for the to sign the lease agreement and uh, and so that it can be notarized uh but it is sad that you like I have to tell you when I first got started in this 10 years ago somebody called me and said to me more than 10 years ago called me and said the shade we got these two nice young men they need a place to stay and would you be willing to give them uh, let them live with you. And they knew I was staying here alone and my daughter was moving. My daughter moved uh, one street over from me. She's staying in my uh, my cousin's house because he got him a new house. And so my cousin asked me to do this favor for these two young men. And those two young men lived with me four or five years without incident. And, um, and, and they worked and they worked themselves uh, out of the point. Uh, one had an issue that he had to leave. But he always paid me on time or he came and talked to me about, you know, why he needed uh, some extra time. And so it's never been about, uh, oh, you pay me or you getting kicked out. Uh, it's always been 
that I was able to take care of my all my bills in my house and and what they did was add give me more flexibility and uh right now just let, allow me not to use uh, a lot of my retirement money that's the whole point of it cuz I don't need all this house uh because I um it's just too much house for one person now if I was to get married then everybody have to leave uh but uh that's not the case right now but um uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and allow everybody an opportunity to say their final word. You can have all the money in your hand, all the possessions anyone can ever have, but it's all worth your treasure. True worth is only measured, not by what you got. But what you got in your heart You can have, you can have everything What is it, what is it
Exchange, the wholesome thoughts, love, and reflection. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard more than a few blocks. Uh, Cassie, what are your final thoughts this evening? As one of your legal counsels, I, Cassie Jones, speak for my other sisters, Regina, Joyce, Audre, uh, Cheryl, and any other ladies on on this team that make sure that you get that paperwork in order so that we won't have to pass through this street again. And that is my <laughs> final word of the day. Thank you. <laughs> You're so right. I uh, I just have a soft spot for some people. You know, they say, what is that saying? Is too much who is given, much is expected. And so I, uh, you know, despite uh, the fact, you know, I have been given a lot, uh, I worked for a lot, and I've earned a lot. I still have a soft spot for people who have have a, uh, a struggle during their journey. And so you're right. Well, despite all that, I do need to recognize there are people who who won't do the right thing for the right reason. And uh, I'll uh, I'll try to do better. Uh, Cheryl, your final thoughts. Well, great conversation. Uh, I definitely have to um, amen to what it is that Kathy just said, and that is just because it is necessary. You know, it's not an option um, because we do not want to, you know, one day you tell us that you have lost or you're trying to fight to keep your um, your property. So with that it being said, whatever we do, we can always do better. You're right, and I will attempt to do better uh, because I have to tell you, the last thing is, both between the two of those people, they left here owing me more than $5,000, and I can't keep letting that happen. <laughs> so I laugh about it now, but that's, that, you know, when you become a landlord, people not paying money is real rent. <laughs> well, you all take care, and we'll be back tomorrow. At uh, 6 o'clock, ready to talk about the things that impact people's lives today and forever. It is up to us to keep our communication open and uh, sharing our opinions with everyone outside of ourselves. Father, help your children. Of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their hearts Jesus is love Down. And I know 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.